up in Luke 19, verse 36. It says, As he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. And as he was drawing near, already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. And when he knew he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, Would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace. But now they're hidden from your eyes. When Jesus came in, we may, you may imagine pictures of, uh, like from Bible storybooks, of Jesus riding in on a donkey. And it's just this triumphal, victorious, here he comes into Jerusalem. But what Luke tells us here is as he's coming down the, the Mount of Olives, it actually kind of looks out over the city of Jerusalem. And he would have been looking across at the temple as he's coming down that mountain and his disciples are worshiping and they're, they're praising and they're welcoming him as this coming king, Jesus begins to weep over the city. And he knows, even during this triumphal entry, he knows that he's being rejected. He knows what's coming. But it's not like he kind of throws down like a bunch of jerks, rejecting. Don't you even know who I am? It's not that kind of king coming in like, who do you think you are? You just kind of rejecting me. He knows what's coming and he weeps over the city. And I'm going to talk to you this morning a little bit about our trip to Athens that wasn't just a trip. It was a very key strategic moment, not only for our church, although it was a very strategic moment for us, uh, for Becca and I, and for my uh, mom and dad, both to be able to be at this meeting with about 280 regions beyond leaders from, I can't remember how many nations were present. Some of them couldn't get visas, so our leaders in the Philippines couldn't come because Greece wouldn't give the wouldn't approve their visas. And then some from uh, hmm? Burundi, African nation of Burundi, uh, also couldn't get their visas to come. So we were praying for those who couldn't come. But I think we had between fifteen and twenty nations represented, where churches are being planted, uh, just like this. Um, some of them have been going longer, and so they're, they're <coughs> larger families. Uh, our family might be small right now, but we're new and we're young. And this kind of thing is happening all over. We got to hang out with our family from London. Uh, if you recall, on our first Sunday, if you were here that day, we talked about and prayed for a Trinity Church that was launching in downtown London the same Sunday and Trinity Church uh, led by my friend Daniel McLeod 
who pre- preached at this conference, and I wish I could, well, I can't preach all of his messages. He actually preached out of what you read this morning, Bridge, and uh, he, uh, he's leading in a church there. They are running about 55, so just a little bit more than us right now, um, and that's happening all over the place. Uh, we figured out that right now, <coughs> across regions beyond, we're planting a new church every two weeks. <laughs> every two weeks. Uh, that, that's a, kind of a big pace, quick pace for planting. So you can pray, not just for uh, some leaders out there somewhere, but for all of us that are getting caught up into this vision and this mission, I would suggest to you what was suggested to Beck and I uh, one day, which was this. If you don't already have your passport, get it. Get your passport. If you're, if you're at all able uh, to do it, I'm just saying, we're connected to a global body of churches that is not just, well, hey, this is what we did one day. One church every two weeks means there's lots of work to do. Obviously, we've got lots of work to do right here in Spokane as well. Um, You can go back to the beginning of that slide. I just threw that in there. Very beginning. Go to the other way. (laughs) We'll get back to that picture right there in a little bit. In fact, just stop right there and pause. It's okay. It's okay. We'll go right there. We'll just go right there. What you're looking at is a card that I filled out while we were at these meetings in Athens. Uh, and it's the same. This would, be, this would be called vision on a postcard. Or we'd say vision on a napkin. When we moved here, when Beck and I and our kids moved here seven years ago almost, this is what God put in our hearts was to plant a church into Spokane that would begin reproducing within Spokane. And you'll see Mead up there in South Hill, Airway Heights. You could carry that out to Medical Lake. Uh, The Valley, which you could carry on over to Post Falls and keep going, right? Um, Knowing that we were called here to plant a church, but not just to plant a church, but the, the responsibility and commission from the Lord to plant an equipping, reproducing church that could reproduce out into Spokane, believing that God was eventually calling us to plant at least five different churches or at least locations all working together as one church that would in turn be able to plant other churches and work with other life-giving churches in Spokane to plant beyond And to keep going to the nations. And while we were there uh, in Marathon, that vision and that uh, original dream that God put into us was very much confirmed of this is still the plan. God didn't change his mind. Uh, We, Destination Church, have work to do in our city. (laughs) Uh, We have a... Beautiful, wonderful 
commission from the Lord to establish a healthy community. And if you think about any healthy marriage, whether they are able to have physical children or whether they're adopting in children, healthy marriages produce fruit, produce children. And as a church, we will do the same. Uh, this is, we're called to be not only a, a gathering point, but an equipping point, a training point, and a sending point. Um, so welcome to the vision, <laughs> what God has called us to do. Now, what we just read a little bit ago about <coughs> Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem, this idea of Jesus coming in as a king and at the same time weeping over a city our first night in the, the conference that we were a part of, which we kept reminding each other it wasn't a conference, it was more of a family gathering. It really was. Uh, trying not to just make it a formal, a formal thing, but a family thing. But on our first night, Steve Oliver, who leads our, our whole Regions Beyond family of churches, challenged us that we're entering a new era and he reminded us of Nehemiah when he heard about what was happening in his era in Jerusalem. The walls were down. They were in distress. The place was a mess. And Nehemiah wept over Jerusalem. But not just with this hopeless weeping, but he wept over the city and then set out to go and bring a solution. And Steve Oliver challenged us that in this new era for us as a family of churches, it would be an era where God was giving us compassion, giving us eyes to see, ears to hear, but to be able to see our city as God sees the city. And to give us hearts that could be tender and that could break over our city. Not just to cry over a city, but accepting God sees the brokenness in Spokane and he's saying, who'll go for me? And for us to identify with that and say, we see the brokenness in our city, but we will go for you. We will go and we'll bring healing to the brokenness. And Steve shared, this spoke so, so much to me. Because uh, I was just asking God, God, what, what are we supposed to do as Destination Church? Where, why have you put us here? And Steve told this story. I got to find the guy's name. A young pastor named Samuel Martins in London. And this was a long time ago. And right in the core of London was this area called Westminster. Anyone ever heard of Westminster? I love Westminster because you've got like Westminster Cathedral. You've got the Abbey, sorry, Westminster Abbey. You've got all the cool things when you see that, think of London, like Big Ben and all the Parliament and all these things. This area in Westminster 
But Westminster used to be called and known as the Devil's Acre. And it was a mess. It was raunchy. It was extreme poverty. It was a nasty place. And Samuel Martins felt that God was calling them to go into not the suburbs of London, but to go into the Devil's Acre. What? How'd you like to have that reputation? The Devil's Acre. And to establish a work of the kingdom of God. So Samuel Martins and 22... Who's like that? We got about 22 of us here today. They accepted and embraced going into Devil's Acre. And they began working with the poor and the poverty. They began establishing like an orphanage for for the orphans, obviously. They started working into these areas that were so broken and so messed up. And Westminster Chapel, that my, some of my theological heroes have led that church, guys like Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, that I've learned so much like <coughs> reading his things and listening, listening to sermons or transcripts of his sermons. They later pastored in this big, beautiful Westminster Chapel that developed right out of Devil's Acre. And I'm sitting there and I'm asking while, while we're there, God, show us, why did you bring us over to Hilliard? You could have put us anywhere in Spokane. And you'll, you know the, the nicknames that we've been given over here. Maybe they haven't called us Devil's Acre, but they've called us Dogtown. Like not particularly exciting nicknames. But as I'm listening, and Steve's challenging us to be those who will weep over places like Devil's Acre, and to be those who won't just hear it and just see it, but who will respond and act and go, knowing that we have to completely lean on and rely on the power of the Spirit to see breakthrough. And I'm sitting in that meeting going, yes! Because when I first filled out that card you see on the screen, Hilliard wasn't on there seven years ago. I wrote Spokane, and my heart was to plant into the center, downtown, maybe just north of downtown, and then eventually start reaching into the, some of the more challenging neighborhoods. But when my parents moved here, God, my dad said, I feel like God's opening a door into Hilliard. And I said, Dad, do you know anything about Hilliard? And he's like, I, uh, it seems like God's opening a door. I said, Dad, this is going to be the hardest neighborhood you can think of to try to actually break ground and establish. Are you, do you understand how hard this is going to be? 
And he said, I feel like God's opening a door to you here. And, uh, uh, and came over here and, and uh, put down uh, a deposit to be able to meet in this building that we're in right now. And guess what? It's sometimes hard. Shocker. I know that doesn't shock any of us, does it? It's sometimes hard. But what God started really confirming in my heart was he has... Well, well, no one would say Hilliard is a destination point. People would, wouldn't look at Spokane and come from around the world and say, we're coming to Hilliard. You know what? People go from all over the world to go to Westminster in London. Devil's Acre has become a destination point. And churches and, and ministers have been trained up our own some of our fathers in the faith and Terry Virgo would go and sit at Westminster Chapel and sit and learn from Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones when he was a, when Terry was a college student and come and listen and learn and all of our New Frontiers family and then Regents Beyond families all come out of that and the two churches that we're planting, every all of that has come out of Devil's Acre. What could God do here? What if God gave us eyes to see? Not what is, but what will be. What can come out? I thought, there's no accident that God sent us into Hilliard with a name like Destination Church. And we have been told by church leaders in our city that I love, you should probably be somewhere else if your name is going to be Destination Church because Hilliard isn't a destination in Spokane. That makes something on the inside of me stand up. Say, I think you need to know your Jesus a little bit better. <laughs> I feel what you're saying. I think we need to get our eyes on the Jesus who has a, a destiny for not just this part of Spokane. Of course, he loves cities, right? Cities, neighborhoods, all across our city. And I just burn with this vision of establishing something here. Guess what? Hey, our property values are a little lower. You know what that means? We can get a hold of things here that would be harder to do in another part of town. And we can develop things here and we can still reach out into those other parts of town. So you can see, I, I left to go to these meetings in Marathon saying, God, I need you to speak prophetically. I need to hear from you if this is where we're supposed to be and where we're supposed to establish, not throwing away any of the rest of the vision. But if this is where we launch it all from, I need to hear that from you. And the first night was Steve saying, in this new era, God's going to be giving us eyes to see as he sees and, and telling us this story about Westminster and Devil's Acre and then what has come out of that. That was how we started. And I was just wrecked because I knew hearing from the Lord this is exactly what I was asking for and some of you I know were praying for us to be able to hear 
from the Lord. <coughs> we did. So thank you. Now, before this conference started, and we're, uh, can you go back to the beginning of that now? Is that possible? No, that's fine. That's the first one I put up there, I think. We, uh, Beck and I had four days to relax. And we knew we needed to get there a couple of days because they are 10 time zones ahead of us. Not quite flipping the day on its head, but pretty close. And close enough. It's, yeah, so we're, we are definitely alive on coffee today. <laughs> Coming back through the time zones. It was the longest day ever yesterday. <laughs> we traveled for 24 hours, except we left at 8 in the morning and got home at 10 o'clock on the same day. <laughs> because of the time zone. <laughs> so we just got to go be tourists and do a lot of walking, which helps when you do get your passport and you start to travel. Physical activity helps you acclimate to time zones, helps you get over jet lag quickly. Physical activity and lots of water. So we were doing a lot of walking. And this Karamaikos, this is an old uh, cemetery in Athens, but it also has the original entrance, one of the, one of the main entrances to the city. Like when Paul came to Athens, he very likely walked in this same zone right here as he was coming into the city. So it's kind of cool. They've excavated it all the way down to its ancient level. So we're walking on the same level that the Apostle Paul would have walked. Uh, and we actually walked through the gateway. It's not, the gate is gone and the wall is gone, but the foundations are still there. We walked through the gate of... This is how you come into Athens, looking up at the, the Acropolis Hill with the Parthenon on it. Um, very cool. So we got to do that, just go relax and walk. Keep going there, Gabe. Obviously, I wasn't the only one filling out cards while we were there. Uh, there were four of these bins, and we were trying to figure out how do we put stakes in the ground when we're meeting at a conference center. They kind of frown on driving holes into the floor. So we had these, these bins, and every one of these, you can see Seattle is on there. People were putting whole nations on there. Uh, Lesotho and in India, Dubai is on there, city. In the Middle East, we have some great churches there in Dubai. But people say, God, give us, give us these places. Let your kingdom advance here. Keep going, Gabe. That's a worship leader friend of mine, Craig D'Souza, from Dubai who was uh, photobombing. <laughs> I just had to get a picture of, of our card. It's right in front of Craig there, along with Africa and everything else is Spokane. Keep going, Gabe. That's the conference where we were. Everybody uh, was kind of hanging out. That was probably one of our tamer moments, but I just went up and took a snapshot of us all worshiping. Keep going. This place. If you happen to see uh, on Facebook, I did a, a video um, and you, this was in the background of the video. Temple of Hephaestus. Hephaestus. I can't remember how to say it exactly. It was converted into a Christian church and served as a church until the 1800s. Um, but it used to be the Temple of Hephaestus. It's right there in Athens. And uh, we got to see some cool stuff and just do cool touristy things. So that was fun. Keep going. 
That's looking down from the Acropolis, uh, looking down on the old temple of uh, Olympian Zeus, which some of it is obviously still standing. A lot of it's come down. Keep going. There's Becca uh, on the Acropolis. And 500 of her closest friends, yeah. There were lots and lots of tourists up there. So we didn't realize how much of this also, when, when the Roman Empire and Constantine, when they embraced Christianity, a lot of these places were turned into churches. Um, I didn't realize that. I just look at the Parthenon and think, oh, well, that was, there's the Parthenon, and find out that it was for years, like hundreds of years, was... Uh, church. Keep going. That's looking from the Acropolis out over Athens. And while we were at this conference, we all gathered, uh, spent some time to pray for Greece and specifically the city of Athens. Because we do not have a church there. And yet we all gathered there. Um, So we said, all right, God, give us a church into Athens. Tell you what, that wouldn't be hard to go to. But God called us here. That's the last one? Okay. So I didn't have tons and tons. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of wrap up just giving you some quick highlights here. After Steve challenged us to see, with, see how God sees and that he was going to break our hearts over cities, um, the conference kept going. An American uh, leader, prophetic guy named Mark DuPont, uh, has been doing a lot with our family of churches. And he really challenged us on being a, a every one of our churches, Bridge, you'll love this, uh, really being rooted into the Father heart of God. And that as a, a movement, he said, he was really calling us to align with that and to understand who we are as God's kids um, and knowing the heart of our Father. So we'll be seeing, some of you are, are planning on coming with us in May to Missoula to uh, a prophetic training weekend called Amplify. Um, if you are interested in coming to that and you haven't signed up for that, um, let us know that the fees are very small. Like the registration, I think it's $28 for an individual, maybe 35 for a couple. Uh, very inexpensive. Sorry, how do we sign up? Because we don't know, we just mentioned um, okay, there's a, there's a um, I believe it's on the Revive Church website. They have the link to sign up there. We'll try to get something out right away. Um, Mark DuPont will be with us in Missoula in May. So if you want to be there, uh, it'd be fantastic to do that. Um, and he reminded us that when God gives a vision, it's a little cliche, When God gives a vision, he always also gives the provision. He provides for what he's called us to do. Now, we can come up with all kinds of crazy dreams and ideas and things. And God doesn't promise us provision for all of our crazy wild hair ideas. But his vision, he will provide for it. And that we can trust him in that as we obey him and respond to him. And then we were challenged. And we were, before we left... We were uh, asked to pray as elders of the churches about what our churches could bring to give. And to, to, the goal was to give 98,000 uh, 
or 80, 89, sorry, 89,000. I know. Before we left, it was 89,000 pounds, which translates into more dollars than that. But we got there, and it was a great atmosphere of faith. And Trevor Payne from London challenged us all to pray again as leaders. Most of us had come from other nations of the world, in fact, all of us had. Uh, so we didn't just have our checkbooks with us. But he just challenged us, let's pray again, let's ask God as leaders of churches, let's invest into the kingdom and continuing with the church planting that's happening all the time, establishing training centers. So the goal, he's like, let's go for 100,000. Let's go for 100. Can we do it? Can we, can we like have faith for that? And I'm thinking, holy cow, 100,000 pounds. That's like $130,000. When it was all said and done, 280 people, we were able to give 148,000 pounds, which is $194,000 into continued church planting, reaching into the nations, establishing training hubs so we can train pastors in Africa, so we can train pastors in India, so we, right? And I was like, wow, this is so cool. So it was just fantastic atmosphere of faith. And there's so much more I want to say, just to kind of, as much as I can, include you guys in what we were able to do. You may just have to ask us uh, for more stories. We heard, I got to tell you one more. I went to a training track called Alive by Grace. Alive by Grace and it's two different African, South African guys. One who was uh, a gang leader, former gang leader. Uh, he opened up the whole track. And he was a murderer. And was supposed to go to prison for at least 25 years. And he said, what I deserved was to be sitting for decades, sitting in prison but by the grace of God, I'm not. He's out free. He's now preaching. He's a great evangelist. He's out sharing the gospel, spreading the good news of Jesus. And the tenderness in this guy, his smile with his gold teeth and all his former, you know, he was, he was a gang leader. Guy is just loving Jesus. You could see the change in him. And then the second day, this uh, again, a South African leader named Piwe uh, just presented this fantastic gospel exposition, teaching, deeply teaching the doctrines of grace. It was so powerful to have these guys. And as Americans, who a lot of times we kind of have this little swagger around the world, just to be able to sit for, and learn from these African former gang leaders who are just preaching Jesus. It was so, so incredible. So here's what I want to leave you with today. This same Jesus who came riding down the Mount of Olives and his heart was broken for Jerusalem, not condemnation over a city that was rejecting him, but compassion. This same Jesus then that, that week, 
We celebrate it this week. Went to the cross. He took, as we've already said today, took our sin and our shame upon himself. He took our brokenness on himself. And scripture says, by his stripes, we were healed. And because of his blood shed for us, we've been now made holy. We've been made righteous. We've been washed. We've been cleansed. And now we have full access to God, full access to the Father because of Jesus. This same Jesus, the son of David, our king and the lion of the tribe of Judah, he entered not only into Jerusalem, but he's entered into the very throne room of heaven where he's sat down as king and Lord. And he's now overseeing Every aspect of our lives, everything that he's called us to do and to be, Jesus is our king. And he is on the throne, guys, firmly on the throne. That's why we can pray big, bold, dangerous prayers. It's why we can say crazy things like turn Hilliard into a destination. God, do it here like you did in Westminster. That's why we can say things like this and not just be kind of throwing that words to the wind. No, we are looking to our conquering king. Let's pray. Jesus, keep expanding our vision. Not just for, uh, not just establishing a, a, a healthy family here. But this healthy family that you're establishing, being used by you to change our city. Lord, keep expanding our vision even beyond our city into the region around us and into the regions beyond us. Lord, out into other nations of the world. God, build your kingdom here and then let it just explode out from here. Lord, we thank you that we get to be a part of this planting that's happening around the world. And we want to see the, the same kind of stories we're hearing that are happening out there somewhere. Do it here. Jesus, do it here. Do it with us. Do it in our day, in our time. We pray that in your victorious name. Amen. 